Hello and welcome to the Talk Tirade with Stabler and Friends. Today we are focusing primarily on the first round of the NFL Draft airing this Thursday, April 24th at 5 p.m. Mountain Time on ABC, ESPN, and the NFL Network. I'm your host, Stabler, and allow me to reintroduce a friend of the program and our NFL expert, Mike Middleton. Uh, Mike, Mid- Mike and I have been doing this special for a few years now, and if you haven't listened to Mike's mock draft in the past, you're in for a treat. He's studied the ins and outs of tapes with the, of the NFL prospects and fits each team with the best player possible. On top of that, Mike is two for two getting more correct picks than the so-called experts at ESPN. So let me introduce to you guys Mike Middleton. Welcome, Mike. Right, thank you for having me. Yeah, man. How's it going? Uh, doing good. Just uh, finishing up with work for the day and then catching up on the, the last-minute sports news, seeing the Gronk trade. Yeah, that's crazy. Is that going to change your uh, picks or anything at all right now? No, I don't have any tight ends. Yeah, Yeah, no tight ends in the first round this year, so it really doesn't change anything. Yeah, I just got that. Um, Do you think the Patriots got what they deserved out of that trade, or should they have fought for more? Uh, I don't think they had a lot of leverage. It was basically trade him to the team that he wants to play for, or he doesn't come back out of retirement and they get nothing. Right, yeah. Yeah, that that makes sense. Kind of that way. So it was easier they're going to stay retired or go to Tampa. So yeah, not bad so, getting a fourth-round pick for that, I guess. Yeah, so we're recording. It's a Tuesday afternoon. So, I mean, things could change in the next two days. But hopefully we're, right. we're up to date. And maybe if uh, anything changes, we can throw it out on the page. Uh, just some typing of a, what changes have been made and where we think things will go. Cool. Um, uh, what we're going to do is we're just going to go straight down the uh, first round of the draft in order. Uh, Mike is going to give us his thoughts on which team will draft who. He will give us a comparable player that's in the pros or has been in the pros, as well as giving us an analy- giving us analysts, uh, analysis on each athlete he believes will be drafted in the first round. So uh, should we go with the, the most obvious pick first? Let's just start at the top. Cincinnati yeah. Bengals on the clock at number one. Sounds good. So uh, it will be a massive shock if it's anything other than Joe Burrow. Um, they obviously – need a quarterback he's the top one in the draft he just put together one of the best seasons uh in the history of college football um the the biggest translatable stat from college to the pros when it comes to a quarterback is accuracy like if you if you're not accurate in college you're not just going to suddenly become accurate in the nfl but if you're really good at accuracy in college that translates and he's got elite accuracy um the biggest concern with him is kind of the one-year wonder he kind of came out of nowhere. He was considered like a, a late round pick coming into the year. And now all of a sudden he's number one overall. Um, but the stuff that he improved on is, like I said, that's the translatable stuff. So it's not a huge concern. He's just, he sees the game well. He's smart. He doesn't have a great arm, but he doesn't necessarily need a great arm because he, he anticipates well and he's an accurate thrower. Cool. cool. Uh, who's your pro comparison? So the best pro comparison I think is Tony Romo. So he's got a, a little bit of athleticism to him, but he's still mostly a, a pocket guy. But, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's probably the best comp. Okay, cool. Um, if you had to predict, what would you say? Where would you, where would you say, like, uh, his talent level? What's, what's his ceiling? So I think that he could potentially be – it's hard to say because of the, the career that he's had. But I want to say – not quite a Drew Brees level, but I can see him being in a Drew Brees type role. If you get him in the right offense, he can be a perennial all pro kind of guy. Um, very, 
very accurate with the ball and that that lasts a long time in the NFL yeah yeah I, I man that was a hell of a season he had last year yeah. but I mean everything was tank for Tua tank for Tua I think Tua's shown more years of uh consistency other than injury and I don't I don't know I was watching that Jordan documentary the other day and they're like yeah. there's a 10% chance your foot could be get broken again and Right. And uh, you'll never play again. But there's a 90% chance that it doesn't. I think I would take the risk on the whoever I think is more talented, you know. But Yeah, and, and I would agree with you. Um, part of this mock is, is saying, you know, this is what's going to happen. It's yeah, not yeah, necessarily yeah. saying what I would do. I would take Tua over Joe Burrow. I think he's, yeah. he's a better player when he's healthy. And if you're not super concerned about the hip, I, I think he's the best quarterback. Cool. Yeah. He's done it for longer. So I yeah, think you know so, what you're getting with Tua. Yeah, and Burrow's just more of the safe pick and coming off a hot year, right? So Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Now we go to what is seems like the biggest mess to me in the NFL, the Washington Redskins. Yeah. <laughs> if I put them, yeah. the Texans and uh and the Jaguars all kind of in the same Yep, that's no direction. So uh what yeah, do the Redskins pretty... do? Uh so there's a lot of reports out that they might uh, trade out of the pick, but I mean, you'd have to give up a lot to, to get that number two pick. Um, it, I think it's pretty much a slam dunk that Chase Young is going to be the pick there. Uh, one of the best edge prospects in recent memory. Um, I really think he's going to be, you know, the, the Khalil Mack, Von Miller, uh, JJ Watt, you know, that, that top wow. tier of, of guys in the NFL. Uh, he's the best player in the draft, regardless of position. So, you know, he's obviously not going one because there's a quarterback premium. But uh, I would take him over, you know, Miles Garrett or your, the Bosa's for the last few years. Like, this is oh, the, wow. the top guy that's come out in the last five years for sure. Man, that's, that's a bold statement right there. That's Yeah, yeah, he's that good. Yeah, I saw, yeah, you said you compared him to, like, Khalil Mack and uh, Alden Smith is on there. Maybe the Bears <laughs> should trade up and then just have the best yep. linebacker core of all time. <laughs> right, yeah, I think that's what I, I put for his pro comp is, like, an Alden Smith, you know, and Khalil mm-hmm. Mack. Alden Smith back when he was actually good and not destroying his life off the field, so. Yeah. Um, am I thinking of the right guy? Is he? No, that's the Niners guy, huh, Alden Smith? Alden Smith, yeah. Uh, just signed with the Cowboys. But he's yeah, the he's Bears guy that I'm thinking of, the linebacker for the Bears. It's not Mac. <laughs> Never mind. We'll we'll move on. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, what was I gonna say? If they if they were to trade, who would be trading up for Chase Young? Uh, yeah, that's really interesting because you're gonna have to give up so much capital, and I think if someone's trading up to two. They're not trading up to draft Chase Young. They're trying to get a quarterback. So if someone wanted like Tua, for instance, and they're worried um, that Miami was going to take him at five or that Miami was going to try to trade up with Detroit, then -hmm. you would trade up to two to try to beat Miami. So I think San Diego would maybe be the team that would trade up to two if they're trying to get ahead of Miami. Well, I hope that's – I don't know – what case scenario I'm hoping for for the Dolphins, but let's move on down to number three with the Detroit Lions on the clock. There we go. Uh, so Jeff Okuda, I think, is uh, easily the the pick here. He's the best corner in the class. Um, his entire time at Ohio State, I think he had like 850 or 860 coverage snaps. Gave up a total of two touchdowns the entire time. 
he, he's a lockdown guy. He's scheme versatile, um, extremely good, you know, man cover corner, high floor, high ceiling. Um, it, it's just a piece of cake that this is what they'll do if they, they keep the pick. He's so unbelievable, man. I watched, uh, I think it was earlier in the season uh, versus Nebraska, and he had like, I think he already had an interception and a forced fumble and maybe a sack or two, like in the okay. first quarter. Like, yeah. he was all over the field. He's amazing. So, so yeah, when everybody started saying that um, Chase Young was the guy, I'm like, man, I thought Okuda was the dude. Like, he's all over the field. So, I, I think they're both great, and it hurts me to say that. Uh, not being an Ohio State fan very much, but <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of what's nuts here is that you've got um, Chase Young, who I think is the best edge guy that's come out in you know five ten years. Okuda's in that same conversation as one of the best corners that's come out during that period of time. Played on the same defense, like that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah, any any other thoughts for the Lions? I mean, if you're really looking at life after Matt Stafford, then again, this is a spot you could maybe roll the dice on, on a Tua. But I, I think Okuda's such a safe bet that that's the way they're going to go. Right, yeah. I was wondering if they would possibly trade down with the Chargers or the Dolphins, whoever needs to mm -hmm. move up, and then still get Okuda probably right in the same or yeah, six months that's, later. That, that's very possible as far as, like, if it's Miami that wants to, mm -hmm. to move up. Um, I don't think that the Giants are going to take Okuda. I think they're going to take a, a tackle most likely. And so in that situation, if Miami's willing to give it up, um, yeah, you take the pick and then still get your guy. Um, if they fill all the way back to six, um, maybe Miami still takes Herbert at five. I'm, I'm not a big Herbert guy. We'll get into that. Yeah. But you, you potentially risk Miami taking Okuda at five if you move back to six. Gotcha. So, uh, what do you what do you have the Giants taking it for? So at four, I got them going uh, Jedrick Wills, offensive tackle from Alabama. Uh, so I'll, he played mostly right tackle for them, but I think he's got the athleticism that he can play on either side. Um, they spent a lot of money on on Nate Solder, and that didn't work so well. And I think that you're investing in Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. You've got to protect that offense. You've got to protect your quarterback. You've got to open up holes for the run game. So there's a lot of talk about Isaiah Simmons going here, but I, I think it's going to be a tackle. Okay. Um, talk to me about the, the offensive linemen in this draft. I don't know how good the, any of them are, but I noticed that there's a lot going in the first round. But I know a lot of the times the um, offensive linemen are overvalued because if you get a good one, then you're, you're set for quite some time. Yeah. So this is a really interesting class because there's four guys that are considered the top tier. And depending on which analyst you're reading or who you talk to, they have them in a different order. So, so there's not like a clear cut consensus like, oh, this is Joe Thomas or this is, you know, Jonathan Ogden or whoever. Uh, so those four guys are, are considered the locks to be first round guys. Um, but there's, there's good depth in the tackles moving forward in the draft of just like decent to good, potentially high upside. But if you really want more of a, like this could be a Pro Bowl type guy, you want to get one of those top four guys. So those are the ones that are going to come off first, but it, it's really what you prefer as far as what order that they go. Okay, cool. Um, now who would be, who would be your number one that 
you believe is the best? Is that who you just said from Bama? Yeah, I think Jedrick Wills uh, could potentially end up being the best. Um, there's another one I'll mention later, uh, Makai Becton, that if he hits his peak, he could end up getting there. But he's got more stuff he needs to clean up as compared to Wills. I think Wills is going to be the one that can go in and contribute right away and have a really long, productive career. Okay, cool. So now we're to my Miami Dolphins. We got three first-round picks. How are we going to turn this around? All right, so there's a lot of buzz and has been for a few weeks that the Dolphins uh, really like Justin Herbert and that they like him more than Tua. I got to think that that's smokescreen, um, hoping that the Chargers don't try to trade up in front of them to, to draft him because I don't understand how you could take that, that route watching the two guys play. So I, I got Tua as the pick here. Um, elite accuracy, decision-making, and pocket presence. He's a strong leader. He's a winner, high-character guy, very consistent. Uh, so really the only thing that you're worried about with him is the hip. And if the medicals are coming back good on that, uh, you, you got to take Tua. Um, he, uh, he, you know, he doesn't have the strongest arm in the world, but he makes up for it, and he, he's elite in all the areas that, that really matter. Um, and like I said earlier, I'd honestly take him over Joe Burrow if I had the number one pick in the draft and needed a quarterback. Um, so I, I got a little stat here that I'll, I'll mention. So I said earlier that, you know, accuracy is the thing that really translates from college to the pros when you're uh, looking at quarterbacks. On In 2019, wide open receivers that were five to 18 yards down the field. So this is your intermediate passing game. Mm-hmm. 4.3% of Tua's passes were deemed uncatchable by the receiver. Compare that to 18.1% for Justin Herbert. Yikes. I'm looking at this list you have here, too, and it also mentions yeah. uh, Jalen Hurts is, was only 5%. 5%. Joe Burrow, 5.1%. Jordan Love at 14.1%. So you see okay. Love and Herbert are those – They got those are the traits, guys. They got size. They got arm strength. They're athletic. It's really spotty accuracy and you don't suddenly fix that by moving from college to the pros. It's, you know, the, the windows get tighter. You're not going to yeah. have wide open receivers and that, like this is a, for open receivers. This isn't covered. If you're yeah, missing so it's 18%, even worse. <laughs> yeah, like that, that's really bad. Justin Herbert has a habit of being late on his throws. So he waits till he sees it. And then by the time he makes the throw in the pros, those go back the other way. Like you've got to, Always, throw it yeah. before you know you can't be late so you know Tua has that that in the bag I, I would not trust Justin Herbert with a top five pick yeah I, I honestly man I'm gonna be so disappointed if we've spent this long building up the next two years of draft picks in a rebuild mode mm-hmm. to to settle for Justin Herbert like I, I thought if somebody got Herbert later in the first round like that would be a steal but uh, getting him there I don't want that. I'd rather get somebody who's a sure thing at this point and maybe pass on quarterback this year if Tua's not available, Tua and Burrow. And then later you can get Love if he's available or or Herbert might even slip. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I'm just I, – I was so excited all year long. Like, okay, we're going to find a couple players that want to be here that are going to progress, like Devontae Parker, uh, Baker, all, all those guys, you know, people that you can yeah. rely on. Build that, that little core, and now we have a slew of draft picks. 
build up a good team, and then next year we got another grip of draft picks, that's when you start moving. So so if two is not available, um, I really hope that they just go with sure things, maybe get some solid wide receivers that are from this draft, some good offensive linemen, things like that. But I'm, I'm going to be heartbroken if Justin Herbert is our first overall pick in the draft. Yeah, if I were to compare uh, this draft class with the last one, I would put Herbert behind Drew Locke probably. And you look at Drew Locke was a guy that was talked about as maybe he's a top 10 guy, but maybe that's a little high for him. Denver ends up getting him in the middle of the second round. Uh, if Herbert is sliding, like you said, he's in the 20s or right around that, that turn, that's good value for him because yeah. you're going to you know, let him sit at least a year behind Fitzpatrick, if not two, um, and then maybe he's, he's something in the future. But this high, I mean, that's, that's such a gamble for someone who, who a lot of the times does not look like he can play quarterback. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, so, so we were talking about Tua being drafted by the Dolphins. Now, then we kind of shifted over to Justin Herbert, and yeah. uh, that's who you believe the Chargers are going to draft at six. Is that right? Yeah. So, and again, it's a matter of if you need a quarterback uh, after Tua and Joe Burrow are off the board, Justin Herbert's the next best guy. And so, again, I personally am not going to take him at six, but. I don't know how long the Chargers can go with just Tyrod Taylor, at quarterback. I think he can be a, a really good bridge guy, yeah. but you want to get someone there developing. And so yeah. we saw Justin that with Herbert, Baker. We saw that with Baker yeah. Mayfield a couple of years ago. So, yeah. So, you know, size, athleticism, an elite arm, which is great, uh, has very nice tools. He just doesn't know how to use them yet. And so he's got to get in with a really good uh, head coach and offensive coordinator and quarterback coach. Um, his accuracy, very inconsistent. You know, like I said, even when he's thrown into a, a, an open receiver in the intermediate, those are your money throws. You should be able to make those. Yeah. Um, like I said, he's, he can be late on his throws. Um, so I think he could go into a system where they already have a decent starter and they're not going to ask him to start year one at minimum. So maybe that's, that, maybe that's San Diego. Okay. Yeah, I think that's fair. I'm just surprised. Uh, I don't know. It seems like a desperate move for San Diego to me. Or I guess we should start calling them yeah. Los Angeles. Right. Uh, <laughs> I, I think they're a desperate team. I mean, yeah. no one shows up to their games. And, right. you know, invest a first-round pick in a, a quarterback. It generally will buy your head coach an extra year or two because you can say, oh, well, we're, we're rebuilding, we're developing, you know. Yeah, I guess that's all true. Yeah. I just see, like – uh, Cam Newton's still available, and if you want to reach, I mean, I don't know. I'd rather I'd rather have Jameis Winston than than Herbert, and like I hope that he can fix yeah. his fix his issues. But yeah, yeah I, that seems like I a would desperate. have Newton and Winston both over Herbert for sure, no matter yeah. who my team was. Yeah, yeah that just seems kind of like a desperation uh, to me. But on to number seven, the Carolina Panthers on the clock. All right, so I have them taking uh, Isaiah Simmons. I don't even know what to call him other than a defensive player for Clemson. Uh, if you look at the way that they used him, it was split. He played uh, free safety. He played outside corner. He played slot corner. He played linebacker. They played him on the, the line a little bit coming off the edge. You can literally line him up anywhere, but – Technically, he's, he's like a linebacker, but he's not your traditional NFL linebacker that you want, you know, just trying to 
plug through between a guard and go, you know, stop the run. So yeah. you got to get him in a, in, in the right system where they're moving him around and, and utilizing his athleticism, but he, he's a defensive weapon. He's going to be so a very good player in the right system. Now, would he be better better off used as like, uh, you know how whenever there's an elite tight end, like uh, let's say a Gronkowski or a Kelsey, mm-hmm. somebody who's too big and fast for, uh, too big for the safeties, too fast for the linebackers, would this right. guy be the be the fit to to be the tight end giant killer, basically? Absolutely, because he's got the the size and strength to be able to deal with a a Gronk, you know, someone big like that. But he's also got that four three speed that he can run with the, the Travis Kelsey's and the, the really fast guys. So he's, he's a matchup nightmare. I mean, yeah. he, he's a very good coverage player, very good instincts. He got a lot of interceptions in college, even playing as a linebacker. So that, that's absolutely a way to use him, but he's also a very good pass rusher. So being able to, you know, line him up like he's going to guard the tight end and then rush him off the edge, he's going to make plays. So that's why I Man, say that just seems like him. a perfect weapon for the right, like the right system, you know? Absolutely. And it's a pass happy NFL right now. And so he's ideal. He's an ideal chess piece for a defensive coordinator to go up against a Kansas city or a San Francisco and those, those high powered uh, passing attacks. Yeah, for sure. Um, Panthers. Something happened with the Carolina Panthers the other day and I can't remember. Never mind. <laughs> uh Cardinals at number eight. All right. So here's another one of those um, offensive tackles. I have him taking Tristan Wirfs here. Uh, freaky athlete. I mean, it, it's ridiculous how fast and how high he can jump and how well he can move at, at the size that he is. Um, he played both tackle positions at Iowa. So you can put him on the left side. You can put him on the right side. Uh, his arms are they, they meet the threshold, but they're not super long. So some people said, well, maybe he'll be better kicking inside to guard. Um, as a guard with his size and strength and mobility, like he could be an all pro. But tackle being the higher value position, you probably want to try him there first, see how he does before you try to kick him in. I think he'll still be a very good uh, tackle. With the Cardinals, they've got a, a young, exciting, explosive offense. And this is another one of those pieces of, you know, protect them, you know, open up the holes and, give time to Kyler yeah who's their coach I can't remember uh it is Steve Wilkes oh isn't it Cliff Cliff Kingsbury this one oh yeah probably because he came in and drafted uh Kyler when they still had Josh Rosen I'm pretty sure that's right yeah Yeah. yep it is you're right oh so do you think he's a good coach? I think so. Um, there's always a little bit of a question when a college guy comes in, um, how gimmicky is his scheme going to be? Because if, you know, doing a college scheme in the NFL, is he going to yeah. be Chip Kelly or is it, you know, but I, I think that it seems like it's going to work out so far. And they're, they're loaded. They've got fantastic receivers and right. weapons. So, yeah, they're going to be, I don't know. They're kind of my like uh, question team this year. I don't know if they're going to be really good or just, disappoint you know yeah i've got a little bit of a sour taste still from vance joseph Uh, (laughs) he's their defensive coordinator so all i can say is so long as the cardinals don't play against an elite tight end or even a decent tight end then they'll be okay but otherwise they can't stop the tight end did you hear deandre hopkins the other day they were asking him like oh what's it gonna be like uh you were taking passes from deshaun watson now you're gonna have to go to kyler murray who's still trying to get like his his 
uh, grippings in the NFL. And he's like, man, I caught balls from Brock Osweiler. I can catch balls from anybody. (laughs) And that's true. Very true. So, yep. Hop will be just fine. (laughs) For sure. Uh, Next on the clock, the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right. So this is a bad team. Uh, They've got holes all over the place. A couple years ago, they had one of the best defenses in the NFL, and they've basically lost just about everybody. Uh, Calais Campbell's gone. Marcel Darius is gone. They're looking, trying to trade Yannick. Um, so that, that defensive line is, is not good. So they got Josh Allen last year, and he's great, but they need some talent in the middle of the line. Uh, so I think they'll go with Derek Brown. He's been kind of considered the – the top uh, interior defensive lineman in the draft. I personally like uh, Javon Kinlaw a little bit more because he has more pass rush ability. And I think you need to be able to, to do both, but with Derek Brown, you know what you're getting. I mean, he's might frankly be the strongest player in college football. You can push the pocket and he's going to stop the run, uh, but he's going to have to work on developing the pass rush repertoire uh, at the NFL level. And then uh, number 10, so we're rounding off the top 10 with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I don't think they imagined they'd be in this spot again in the top yeah. 10. Yeah. Uh, they need a tackle. Uh, there's some rumors that they might try to make a move for Trent Williams from Washington, which, oh, yeah. you know, depending on what the compensation, you're obviously, I don't think you want to give up a first rounder, but if you can give up a, a second or third rounder, then you're still going to have to pay him, you know, 15, 16 million a year. But short of them doing that, I think they take an offensive tackle at 10. Okay, um, cool. The guy I have them going with is Andrew Thomas. So again, depending on who you listen to, some people will have him as the number one or number two tackle. Some people will have him as like the sixth or seventh. <laughs> uh, but he's been super consistent, and the, the Georgia offensive line has just been dominant the whole time that he's been there. He's got a lot of experience. He's, he's got a lot of um, – sound uh, technical aspects he'll be a dominant run blocker as soon as he comes in uh he needs some work in his pass block sets and so that's the only thing is depending on what offensive scheme you're running you don't necessarily want him like in a zone scheme where he's having to move around a little bit Mm -hmm. more and so that you know like i said just kind of depends on what you're looking for in a tackle but you know a couple months ago he was considered by everyone is the number one tackle in the draft. And he's kind of slipped a little bit through um, some other people just testing incredible, uh, but very steady player. So I, I think it's still a good fit here. So has uh, the, the COVID shutdown really affected his draft stock probably too, or they can't. Yeah. I think it would have benefited him to have a pro day, mm-hmm. uh, you know, let him, let some coaches get in there and, and test him on some of their stuff and see how his agility is on if he can get out and, you know, move block and get to the second level a little bit better than what he showed on tape. But yeah, I think he's one of the guys that, that has fallen a little bit. Cool. And now we're on to the Jets, my rival. And uh, you mentioned that this guy had some weaknesses earlier. Yeah. So this is uh, Mackay Becton for the Jets. This is a 350 pound guy that blew up the combine. Like he can, he can run, he can move. He's, he's agile. Um, there's a lot of really impressive characteristics to him. He's, he's strong, but at the same time, he was in a scheme at Louisville that really protected his weaknesses and, uh, he needs a lot of refinement. So he needs 
more coaching and development than the first three guys that I mentioned. But if he hits his peak, he could potentially be the best of the bunch. So that does that round off the four? That's all four, right, of the linemen? Yeah, so we got Thomas, Becton, Worfs, and Wills. So that's the, that's the top four guys. So it's quite a drop-off after that, huh? Yes, I, I believe so. Cool. And now uh, the Raiders, they got, uh, they got two picks in the first round, I believe, right? They do, yeah. So they're up right now with number 12 on the clock? Yeah, and I don't even want to say what this one is because I don't <laughs> want this to happen but I have them taking Jerry Judy, wide receiver, Alabama. Judy, Judy, Judy. Yeah, to me, this is the next AB, OBJ, you know, just a fantastic route runner, great quickness. Um, This receiver group is really interesting because I really look at it as like 1A, 1B, and 1C, and it -hmm. just depends on what you like. So Judy is the best route runner in the bunch, but he's not as fast as Ruggs. He's not – he doesn't have the ball skills that C.D. Lamb has. You know, he's not as physically imposing. Um, C.D. Lamb's your yak guy. You get the ball in his hands, and then no one can take him down. He's just ridiculous with the ball in his hands. Rugs can outrun everybody. Um, but Judy is just so well-rounded and so polished, and just he's a clinic. Like, just put on his, his tape and watch him. I mean, he's breaking ankles out there with the routes that he's running, making guys look stupid. So he's, it's going to translate to the NFL. Uh, he's got to get bigger. NFL corners are big and strong, and they like to press you at the line of scrimmage. He's got to be able to evade that. Uh, he'll get away with some of that with his, his quickness and his route running. Um, also, of the three receivers, he has the biggest issue with drops, so that's something he'll have to clean up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But that's nitpicking because he's, he's fantastic. He, he's a top 10 talent in the draft. He falls a little bit because quarterback and offensive tackle premium, and it's a deep receiver class, but it's a it's a – killer pick for the Raiders if they can get him at 12. Yeah. And it looks like the next few picks aside from the the Bucks are probably all in need of wide receivers in this little little bunch, huh? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So let's move on to number 13, the 49ers. They traded uh who what who do they trade to the Colts? Line linebacker? Uh defensive line, uh DeForest Buckner. That's right, Buckner. Yeah. I really liked him. So, uh why would why would they make that kind of a trade? Like, what are they looking for? So they've got some depth on the defensive line. They've drafted a lot of defensive linemen. You know, they had uh, Armstead and Bosa, and, you know, so they, they already have some guys there. Um, so they felt that it was a position of strength. I think that they really wanted a receiver, and moving up, this is the, the right range for it. They lost Emmanuel Sanders to free agency, and they want to keep building up that, that offense around Garoppolo. Um, so I have them taking C.D. Lamb. So this is my DeAndre Hopkins clone, basically, in this draft. Um, he's, he's the after-the-catch guy. You get the ball in his hands, and he just makes things happen. And uh, the Niners drafted a guy like that last year in Debo Samuel. And between Samuel and George Kittle and then CeeDee Lamb, it, it's going to be a, one of those offenses that, you know, short and intermediate, you get the ball to the receivers, and then they take it for long long gains and it's going to be a really exciting offense to watch you think he's a better fit for the Niners than uh, Henry Ruggs would be like adding speed to the other side of it or it, it's tough I think that um, either one fits and 
I know that uh, I read a story today that uh, Henry Ruggs did an interview and he said that the teams that have been contacting him the most are the Raiders, the Niners, and the Broncos. Those are the ones showing the most interest in him. So I can see him going to, to any of them. Um, so it's just kind of a matter of CD was probably my number one receiver in this draft, just because stylistically I like his play a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but again, it's just kind of your, your preference. And I could see them going for any of those three. And, you know, if, if the Raiders were to take uh, Judy, then maybe Judy's the pick here. And, you know, it, they could really go in any order. Yeah, I know. I, I've watched them all, a bunch of their highlights. I watched them all season last year. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm a Judy guy. Um, I, I don't know. I think CeeDee Lamb, when I watched him, he looks like he has a little bit more talent. But I don't know. I've, I've listened to him in interviews, man. And a lot of the times, like, those kind of personalities, they don't really correlate in the NFL. They kind of scare me. Yeah. So, and so that kind of turned me off of him. Uh, yeah, one of the things with CeeDee, as far as what he's going to have to – maybe get better at he doesn't have the speed that uh judy or rugs has you know he's a four five guy uh judy's a four four guy rugs is a four two guy so he's got to beat you in other ways and one of the problems is uh he was a great contested catch guy in college but when you see that you will have to wonder like why was he in so many contested catch situations is he not getting separation because yeah. if you're having contested catches in college it only gets harder in the nfl so he's going to have to prove he can can separate. And he wasn't going against the same level of defenses that those SEC guys were going against either. So right. <laughs> that's kind of his hurdle that he's going to have to prove. But I still think when this draft is looked back on in three, four years, these three receivers are going to be like top 10, 15 receivers in the NFL. They're really good. Nice. I know. This is – I love when these drafts come along where it's like just a, a plethora of one position of like mm-hmm. high talent where it's like you watch yeah. them and just see them progress as the their careers go on, which ones fall off, which ones excel. You know what I mean? Like this yep. is this is really fun. Um, really? Let's move on. Uh, Tom, Tom Terrific just got uh, Rob Gronkowski as well today, as we mentioned earlier. He did, yeah. Uh, what, what else does Tom need to – help the bucks yeah so i originally thought this is a great spot for an offensive tackle because you want to build up that that line and make sure that brady has time uh he can cover up some of your weaknesses on the offensive line because he gets rid of the ball so fast but the top four guys are gone so what do you do um i think that they go just for the best player left on the board which i think is javon kinlaw interior defensive line um kind of a pro comp, Calais Campbell, uh, Cam Hayward, big guy, uh, dominant against the run, really good against uh, the pass as well. I think he's probably actually going to end up being better than Derek Brown, who I think will get drafted before him, but he'll have the better career. Okay. Now let's get to what you've been wanting to get to. And you've been talking about this guy for since college last year. (laughs) You wanted him at the Broncos. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, we'll we'll address this a little bit at the end when we're kind of talking about, about trades, but I think there's a chance Denver moves up somewhere to maybe take this guy, uh, but I have him taking Henry Ruggs, wide receiver, Alabama. So this has been my draft crush for this whole season, pretty much. You know, I, I find a few guys that just really stand out to me, and he, he's been, been that guy for me. So 
incredibly fast. I think he's, you know, you look at the way that a Deshaun Jackson or a Tyreek Hill impacts a game. And it's not only do you have to try to find people that can run with them, but you have to change the whole way that you cover an offense because if you're one-on-one, you're going to get toasted because again, not many guys can run with him. So you've got to you know, put safety help over it, which then opens things up for your other guys. So like with Denver, you get a Henry Ruggs, all of a sudden you're getting one-on-one matchups for Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant, and they're going to feast like that. This is the ideal scheme fit team fit for Henry Ruggs. You'd be okay. Would you be okay with them trading up if they felt that they needed to, to get him? I would. So they've got three third round picks. And so if you have to send one of those and then maybe like a third and a fifth or a third and then a 2021 fourth or, you know, something like that, that kind of gets you around the 10 range, Mm -hmm. which if you want to draft rugs or any of those big three receivers, I think you want to probably get to 10 because there's a chance the jets take a receiver. And then as we, we showed here, Raiders, 49ers, that you know, receivers are going to come off the board. So if you want to make sure you get the guy that you want, I think 10 is the target. It's funny. Um, what was funny to me is when you mentioned Ruggs said who was uh, showing the most interest in him. Mm-hmm. He didn't mention the Philadelphia Eagles. I thought that they might they be a team no. that's trying to, trying to get up there. But if they're not even, like, teasing the idea or, like, reaching out to him that much, then I wonder. Yeah. You know, and it, it's – plan is, but – They definitely need a receiver. And I, you know, have them doing that later in the draft. But it, it's a big move up from the 20s to get to where you would need to take one of these guys. So they gotcha. really have to love a guy because you're giving up a lot to, to move up that far. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, so we're almost halfway through. Uh, number 16, we got the Falcons. All right. Uh, they definitely need a corner. And I don't think they're going to be able to move up enough to get Akuda. So your next best guy is going to be C.J. Henderson from Florida. So I think he's the second best uh, cover corner in the class. He fits in the the man scheme, uh, fills a big need. Um, He's a guy who could go in the top 10, and it may be a situation where the Falcons have to trade up into the top 10 to get him. But I think this is the, the guy that they're targeting on draft day. Okay. Um. Let's see. Cowboys probably have a lot of Cowboys fans listening in. So are they going to be excited with where, what lands with it to them or. I think that they're going to be maybe a little disappointed that the guy that they wanted just went off the board one pick before them. (laughs) Uh, And so I think they would then look for the next best corner. Uh, They lost Byron Jones in free agency, which is a a big loss. Uh, I don't know if the average fan realizes how good Byron Jones is because he didn't make a lot of like, you know, splash plays of interceptions and, you know, things like that. But yeah. he was extremely, extremely good the last couple seasons. Uh, a lot of pass breakups, a lot of forced incompletions. So even though he wasn't, you know, intercepting the ball, he was just shutting people down. And I'm that's excited big, to watch him this loss. year. Yeah. So uh, I have him taking Christian Fulton, cornerback from LSU. Uh, if anyone watched LSU – last year and was you know greedy williams was kind of the big name christian fulton was playing on the opposite side of greedy and was the way better player uh so he's, he's put together two really solid seasons there and i think he'd be a good fit here remember last year how i couldn't believe that greedy williams was slipping and i was just like he's so good i can't believe this 
And then the Browns got him that late. I was like, what a steal. That guy, dude, was burnt every single play last year. Made arm tackles. Couldn't even tackle a guy. And when he when he did stop somebody from uh, catching the ball, the, a flag was thrown for pass interference on him. Like, <laughs> what, a, what a disappointment. If you're going to be as allergic to tackling as Greedy Williams is, you better be able to cover like Dion. Yeah. So. Yeah, and he couldn't do either. And it just no. – I think he lost single-handedly lost about two or three games for the Browns last season, yeah. just from some weak ass tackles. Yeah. So, and you know, hopefully he gets better over time. I mean, there is talent there for sure, but he's got some big weaknesses. Yeah, for sure. Um, now we're back to my Dolphins second pick at number eighteen overall. So I think that uh, offensive tackle makes sense in this range. Um, I think Miami would love for one of those top four guys to still be available, but yeah, again, I have them gone. Uh, so I have him taking Josh Jones from Houston. So this was a guy who completely dominated his level of competition, but he was a playing at Houston. And so you got to kind of look at that. Um, again, as we go through here, these, these tackles now it's they're toolsy. They've got all these traits, but they're going to need work. So you're projecting, this is what they could become. Uh, so they're going to need some work on technique and level of competition jump up. But I think Josh Jones is the best tackle left at this point. And he, he's first round talent. Uh, yeah, I'd be happy with that. I think, like you said, if another lineman of the top tier would drop down. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing I was kind of thinking about was uh, if those quarterbacks, the two quarterbacks go one and four or so or or three something like that the Dolphins get one of those tier one linemen and you know what if there's another one at this point get a second one like we need all the help at line that we can get so yeah or even a a situation where if as you were saying uh Herbert were to slide for some reason yeah an offensive line at that first pick then as you're coming here at 18 that's a much better value for a Justin Herbert yeah, then you got options. So, yeah, yeah I like that. Uh, now, right after us, after the Dolphins, uh, at 19 is the Raiders' second first-round pick. Yep. So I've got them going with uh, a corner. Um, the buzz is that Mike Mayock really likes Clemson players and that A.J. Terrell is, is someone that they're really looking at strongly. Um, if you watch the national championship game, A.J. Terrell got toasted all game long. Uh, so it kind of leaves a bad impression. But prior to that, he was putting together a really great season, and he was great the season before. So really good player, but, uh, yeah, bad last impression. <laughs> what have you done for me lately kind of thing? Yeah. Huh? yeah. Uh, so what, what do you take from him? You think he's he's better than he showed in the championship game? Yeah, I definitely do. Yeah, okay. I think that he chose the worst possible time to have his worst game that I've ever seen him have. But yeah. he's still a very good player. You know, sometimes that puts a chip on somebody's shoulder and they prove themselves as they go, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So and He's battle-tested. Uh, Clemson played against top-notch receivers all year long, and he did great. But, you know, LSU has had some stud receivers, and they they showed up on him. Yeah. So now we're at 20, and this is Jacksonville's second pick. Um, who did they get this pick from? Uh, who did they trade this one from? I can't remember. Sorry, you move on. Uh, tell me about who you think they're going to get, and I'll look it up. All right, sounds good. So 
you know, had him addressing the defensive line with that first pick. Uh, you know, just in the last year, they traded away Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boye. So mm-hmm. they're really, really uh, bad at, at corner. And so I haven't taken uh, Trayvon Diggs, corner from Alabama, uh, Stefan Diggs' brother. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, yeah, that's his little brother. So Diggs is not a fit for every scheme. Um, but if you have him in a press man situation, he's a big physical guy, and he's, he's one of the best – if not the best press man corner in the draft. So you're not going to want him necessarily in zone or off man, but if he can get up and get physical with the receiver at the line of scrimmage, he's very good. Gotcha. Yeah. So it was, it was Jalen Ramsey that this came from. Uh, So, so it's the Rams pick that they're taking. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Um, And now we are moved on to the Eagles. who We kind of mentioned earlier in desperate need of uh, some help for Carson Wentz. Yes. Uh, so I have him taken Justin Jefferson. Um, as we just mentioned, AJ Terrell. This is the guy that was uh, making AJ Terrell look bad at the uh-huh. national championship game. <laughs> so you know, he's got good size, quickness, route running. Uh, he's a guy who can play on the outside, but he, I think he'll be a dominant slot receiver. That's probably where you want to put him. Um, so I, I think that just putting as much talent around Carson Wentz as you can is a good idea. And they they really need receiver, so I think this is a, a slam dunk pick for them. Yeah, yeah, that's what's nice about. I mean, the depth in this draft it seems like for wide receivers is even this late you can still find somebody who's going to be uh, pretty damn good and probably not top tier like the first three. But I mean, you got him, you got uh, with that T Higgins. I think there's another guy from uh, TCU that's supposed to be pretty yeah. good, Jalen Rager. Yeah, yeah. so. So, yeah, a lot of talent. I think the Eagles are in good shape, whether they want to move up, move down, or just stay there and take that receiver. So, yeah. Uh, 22 to the Vikings. Okay. So, I have them taking Austin Jackson, offensive tackle uh, from USC. Kind of similar to what we've been saying. This is a guy that needs work. Um, <clears throat> he's more projection and upside than finished product right now. But he plays a premium position and – if you're willing to go through some some growing pains, he could potentially be quite good. So I have the, the and he and he's a zone scheme fit, you know, which is what the Vikings are running now with uh, Kubiak, the old Denver Bronco system. So mm-hmm. it, that's a good fit for him. Yeah, I think where you said he's a project too. The Vikings are a pretty solid team um, overall, and I think if you are a project, I really feel like you have to go to a, a pretty good team to ever make it work because if like say the dolphins or the lions or the browns they just always get projects uh by the time they're developed everybody's so down on them it kills their confidence like it kills the whole team momentum because we just we want to get better but you just took a guy that's not going to be good till three years max you know what i mean so so i think coaches have been fired and players have been cut and released because they're yeah Yeah. it's not their guy anymore yeah so i'm not a big fan of uh, project players unless they they're, it looks like the Pittsburgh Steelers or somebody of a high caliber that just turns them into mm-hmm. <laughs> athletes. They're like top t- top tier athletes. So, yep. uh, so the Patriots they lost Tom Brady. Sounds like they lost Rob, Rob Gronkowski, even though he's retired. Yeah. Um, a lot of their defense. I know Van Noy went to the Dolphins. Yep. Um, a couple other people I can't remember, but uh, so they they might, sound like they might need a lot right now. What do you, what are you thinking here? Yeah, if it wasn't New England, I would say, oh, this is this team's tanking. 
Like they, they, they want Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, but I, I'm just not sure if this is the type of franchise that would do that. Just purposely throw a season away. Right. Um, I will hate it if all of a sudden next year they, they have the number one pick in the draft and they're going to take Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence. and oh. dominate for the next decade again. Um, so assuming they're not tanking, I think they need a quarterback. And at this point, Jordan Love is a good value, uh, similar to what we talked about with, with Herbert. Mm-hmm. He's got all the tools in the world. He's got great arm strength. He's got athleticism. If you can put it all together, he's going to be a very good player. He's just not currently a very good player. And so, you know, put him in that system. Uh, there's things he can do that Tom Brady can't from an arm strength and mobility perspective. And I think that this could be a good fit. <laughs> I think this might be the only fit for Jordan Love. I don't see him, like, progressing much in the NFL myself. I know that there's a lot of – people that said he was doubted before and that look where he's moved from, from a year ago to where he is now. But I don't know. I don't get too excited from everything I've seen of Jordan love. Uh, they played LSU earlier last year, I, I believe. And uh, he looked awful. I think that was like one of the three Utah state games I watched last year and he didn't look good at all to me. So, so it's like you said with uh, that one guy that had a bad time in the championship, I just that yeah yeah that's uh, love leaves a sour uh, taste in my mouth because that's all I saw was how bad he looked against LSU. Yeah, and I mean he had a really bad year, and from the stuff that I've read of people trying to kind of justify it was that there was a coaching change and he was having to adjust to that, but man he did not he did not play well. So we'll see. But if there is a system that could fit someone in and coach him up I, I think this is a good fit mm-hmm. and then uh so now we're to the 24 of the saints yes. uh what do the saints need i think they could use a little bit of defense um i think their their three starting linebackers are all in the last year of their deal um and with one of those kiko alonzo coming off an injury you know i don't know oh, if yeah. he's gonna be 100 percent so I, I think a linebacker would be good. I, I wanted to put a receiver here, like a Jalen Rager, just for fun, because the Saints already have Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders and Jared Cook. And, you know, if you want to yeah. be the, the Chiefs of the NFC, there's some really good receivers in this draft. Just keep adding receivers. But at some point, they got to stop some people too. And I think the value is good here. Um, Patrick Queen is a, a three-down linebacker. Um I think he'll he'll really help their defense out. Patrick Queen from LSU. Okay, okay. And uh, the Vikings got another pick here at 25. Yeah, so they uh, jettisoned a lot of their corners during the offseason. So they've got a big need there. Uh, Jeff Gladney is one of my favorite corners in this draft from TCU. Uh, great speed and cover skills, and he's a, a feisty player. He's a tackler. He comes up and is very physical. Um, so I, I think that he'll he'll fill a need there and, and fit what they're trying to do on defense. Cool. And then uh, rounding off my final pick of the draft for the Miami Dolphins at the first round, uh, who are we going with? I think you might like this one. Uh, Xavier McKinney, safety from – let me see if I get this right. Uh, Alabama? <laughs> roll, roll, roll Tide. Roll Tide, okay. Uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, this is one of my favorite players to watch in the draft. Uh, the way that I talked about Isaiah Simmons kind of being, you know, that Swiss Army knife that you move around. I think McKinney's kind of a poor man's Isaiah Simmons. And I don't mean that as a knock. He's just not 4-3 speed like Isaiah Simmons and, mm-hmm. you know, fantastic size. But you can move him all around. You know, he can line up in multiple positions. He's going to cover. He's going to defend the run. He's going to blitz and rush the quarterback. Um, so, oh, very kind of similar to Minka Fitzpatrick. And uh, that, scare, that scares me a little bit, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, or, you know, the Chargers, the way that they use Derwin James, or the Jets, the way that they use Jamal Adams. I think this is that guy in this draft after Isaiah Simmons, who's just a freak. You don't think he's going to leave us after a year, do you? Hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, good. That, so, that I'm happy with the, what the Dolphins got. Yeah, that connection between Bama and Miami is strong there. The yeah. Nick Saban and the history there. So Nick Saban actually came out and said today that uh, anybody that passes on Tua is going to feel like Nick Saban did when he was with the Dolphins and he passed on uh, Drew, Brees. Drew Brees twice. Yep. 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 Uh-huh. And I agree. Yeah. So you got to make that one happen, Miami. Please. No Justin Herbert. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Seahawks, number 27. All right. Uh, this is another one of those picks that's kind of being rumored to be shopped. But that's because, and this is crazy, I had to look it up, the Seahawks have traded their first pick in the draft for like six straight years or seven straight years. Really? They, they always trade their first round pick for some reason. I did not so know that. It's just kind of a John Schneider thing. Um, if they keep the pick, I think it makes sense to go with um, the best edge player that's available at this point. Don't know if they're going to bring back Jadavion Clowney or not, but as of right now, they don't have him. So I got uh, Caleb Von Chason from LSU. I like this guy, man. Yeah, he's, he's one of those guys that he doesn't have the production numbers that you would expect from a first-round pick. You know, he doesn't have the double-digit sacks and, and all that. But he's dealt with some injuries. But the, the, the physical profile is ridiculous. I mean, he's, he's got tremendous speed, strength, size, everything that you want. Uh, 28, the Baltimore Ravens. I got them going with uh, Kenneth Murray, linebacker from Oklahoma. Uh, the Ravens like their linebackers. Uh, he could be a three-down guy, very explosive with a strong motor. Um, I don't think he's as polished as Patrick Queen, who went a few picks before, so I think he's probably you know, your, your second guy down the board. But uh, if he puts it all together, he'll, he'll be very good. And, and even if he doesn't put it all together, he's – got specific things that he does very well that will translate he's very good at, at stopping the run nice. and then uh tennessee titans what do they need so they lost uh jack conklin who was one of the best right tackles in the nfl this offseason mm-hmm. to and cleveland so, right yeah so i have them trying to replace him with uh, isaiah wilson from georgia uh, this is a guy that kind of been interesting to follow uh through the offseason he was generally seen as like a a round three round four guy in a lot of the the mocks that i would see and now all of a sudden he's getting buzz at being an end of round one guy and it's again it's that we talked about the potential the upside the he's got the size and the traits he just isn't a very good player yet so this is more projection but they got a big hole there and, and the rumor is that they really like this guy nice and what's the status on derrick henry is he talking about holding out or anything I haven't heard anything about a holdout. I believe he signed his franchise tender. Okay. Um, so see where it goes from there. 
Yeah, yeah, they're going to need to figure out that offensive line or else uh, Tannehill and under pressure doesn't know what to do. I witnessed right. that for quite a few years. Yeah, which is <laughs> funny. Uh, Tannehill was my uh, Justin Herbert comp. So there you go. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. I've seen – you know what the funniest comp that I've seen is uh, somebody said that Joe Burrow is – like Andy Dalton. I was really? like, yeah, that's, that's yes. brutal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Out with the old in with the new Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, the Packers uh, at number 30, they're always a solid team. Uh, their receivers didn't shine like they did last year, like that we expected them to last year, you know, it was just kind of a bunch of nobodies. Yeah. Is that where they're heading? I think so. I mean, if you're at the end of the, the first round here, the best value for them, I think, is going to be grab one of those receivers that would have been drafted higher if not for such a strong class. Uh, Denzel Mims is the guy that I have him taking. Hmm. Um, he's someone that if the teams in the, the early teens miss out on the receiver they want, they could very well trade back and target this guy. He's very good. Size, speed, hands. Um, put him in a vertical offense. He makes big plays downfield. He didn't run a real – nuanced route tree at Baylor. Uh, so that was kind of the big knock on him. And then he showed up at the senior bowl and no one could guard him. Like he just, he lit it up in the senior bowl practices. So he may actually be a better route runner than people realized. They just didn't ask him to do it in college. So uh, yeah, he's, he's probably my Obviously. favorite receiver in the class outside of the big three, him and Justin Jefferson are, are right there for me as like the top five guys. Okay. See, uh, I was really high on uh, T Higgins myself. I thought he would be a little bit higher. Yeah. And I, I put uh, Jalen Rager over T. Higgins as well, but then I would probably slot Higgins in there. Uh, but I also really like uh, LaVisca Chenault if he's healthy from Colorado. Where's he from? He, okay. Colorado. He, I think he'd be a hands down a first-round pick, but had a lot of injury issues in college. And then right after the combine, he ran a really slow time for what was expected of him. And then it was announced mm -hmm. he had a core muscle injury and had to have surgery. That was so, a fun name. What was it? LaVisca Chenault. Chenault. Okay. I'll be looking for him probably day two, huh? Yeah. So I, th I think he probably ends up going in the, the second round, but he, he would have been right in that group of the big three had he not had a bad combine and had so many injuries. Cool. We're one down. We're coming down to the last two of our Super Bowl teams. Uh, 31 is the 49ers. The 31 49ers. Who you got yes. there? Yeah. Uh, again, this is a pick that will most likely be traded. Uh, the 49ers have two first-rounders, but then they don't pick again to the fifth round. They don't have any seconds, thirds, or fourths. So it's kind of been known that they're shopping one of their first-rounders to try to get some more picks later in the draft. Um, it looks like they might want a receiver with that first pick, so this one I think could go. But a guy that if they stay here or if a team is trading up into the round that could be targeted is uh, Cesar Ruiz. Uh, interior offensive line for Michigan. He's been their starting center. I, he's kind of like the Marquise Pouncey is the comp, comp that I put. He's the best interior offensive lineman in the draft. Um, so I, I think that this is a, around the range that you would expect him to come off the board, whether it's the 49ers or someone else. Yeah, I actually heard the Niners were shopping uh, Tevin Coleman and a few other guys as well Yeah, to try and build up some picks. But Yeah, I think man. Tart and – Marquise Goodwin, the receiver, they've got a lot of guys on the block. It's funny, just a, a couple years ago when we did our first uh, mock draft with you, um, it was the year that Trubisky went uh, number one overall. 
you remember that? And the yeah. Niners uh, got a bunch of picks from the Bears just for trading down to one spot, and they got the guy that they wanted yeah. anyways. Yeah. And it was like it was like that was kind of the starting of uh, Lynch, where you saw like maybe this guy knows what he's doing, and it's like yeah. two years later they're in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. yeah. like, and they just have so much talent. So, so yeah, yeah I'm starting to put uh, the Niners in that they're the draft tier of they know what they're doing. They make the best out of their players. Like the Niners are going to be scary for a while. I feel like. Yeah, I think so too. And I liked the move um, as much as I like Buckner getting a a really premium pick for him, knowing that you have a strength at that position. I I really think that that was smart. And, you know, if they end up being able to move this pick and get some more picks, I think John Lynch knows what he's doing in those second, third and fourth rounds. Yeah. Yeah which I never would have picked him to be the guy that knows what he's doing, you know? Like, I mean, he's, yeah. he's he's a smart football player, but he's yeah. he had the craziness in him, so I always thought he did. Yeah. Guys, the guys with the craziness don't always think – aren't always yeah. always yeah. there thinking uh, sensibly. Yeah, his so, style of play, he took a lot of blows to the head, but <laughs> still know what he's doing. For sure. And then uh, our Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs, finishing off the draft at – the yeah. first round at 32. Yeah. So this is an interesting pick because 20 of their 22 starters from the Super Bowl are coming back. So most of their team is still intact from what just won the Super Bowl. So you're trying to look like, well, where do they need help? Where do they get better? Um, You know, there's some stuff on defense that I think they could definitely get better. That wasn't their strength, but it kind of started coming together late in the season and in the playoffs. But uh, just looking at that offense, the only thing that was really missing, I think, was the running back position. Uh, their leading rusher had 498 yards for the season. They still won the Super Bowl. It didn't hurt them. But being able to add a player like DeAndre Swift from Georgia just makes that offense all the more potent. And him being at that dual threat that's just as dangerous in the passing game as he is as a running back fits what they do. Now, are you uh, number one DeAndre Swift in the running back class? Is that who you would take? I think so. Uh, I like Jonathan Taylor. Um, I like Dobbins from Ohio State, and I like Akers, but I, I think Swift is probably the top guy. Cool. Cool. Now we're done with the, the mock. Let me ask a few questions yeah. that I got lined up. Uh, Zach Moss, okay. is is there any rum, uh, word about where he might be going? Anybody interested? Yeah, so what's interesting, if you follow um, Pro Football Focus, that's an analytics group, Mm-hmm. They rank Moss as the best running back in this draft. And mm-hmm. it's based on um, he had a ridiculously high uh, elusive rating, uh, being able to make people miss tackles on him. And that is their signature stat for running backs, um, being able to predict which college running backs will be good in the pros. If you can make people miss, if you can break tackles, that translates. Oh. Uh, so there's that. Uh, I know he's had some health issues, uh, had some, some surgery. I think he's probably a second to third round guy. I don't think he'll be the first round. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't imagine that. I was just kind of wondering yeah. where he would be in the ranks of everybody. Um, after everybody we just went over, uh, who – oh, do you need a break? Yeah, yeah no, it's fine. Just had a helper. Nice, I love it. <laughs> um, who do you think out of everybody that you just mentioned for this first round mock uh, that was the best value? So, you know, we kind of talked about it, but I think getting Tua at five, who I think if he's healthy is the best quarterback, uh, Mm -hmm. that's great value. 
uh, you know, the, the story was tank for Tua all season. And if Miami ends up be able to get him at five without having to trade up, that's fantastic. Yeah. I feel like they're going to have to trade up though. I think that there's going to be enough yeah. um, smoke, you know, saying, Oh, well, San Diego's trying to do this or this team's trying to do this. So yeah. Yeah. sounds like we might have to trade a few draft picks, but that's okay. Uh, worst value. Who do you think did the worst in this first round? Let's go right to the pick behind that. And it's the chargers taking Herbert at six. <laughs> uh, and I think he's a guy that should go in the teens or the twenties and he's pushed up because he's a quarterback and there's no one else better in this class after the first two are gone. So not the move I would personally make, but as a Bronco fan, it's a move I hope that they make. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, most likely trade. I know you mentioned uh, the Seahawks trade their first round every year. The Niners yeah, the are Niners likely going to, uh, yeah. I mean, the, the Lions could trade back. What do you, which one do you, which would you lock in the most probably? The one that uh, seems like it has the most steam as far as the teams involved is uh, Cleveland trading their pick to Denver. Denver moving up to 10, trying to get whoever their pick a receiver is. Mm -hmm. uh, Ruggs had been the rumor. And then just this last week, reports came out that they're targeting Judy, that they're trying to trade up for Jerry Judy instead. Oh, okay. But again, the week before the draft, what's real, what's smoke. <laughs> right. But, but they have been talking with each other. And I think that Cleveland, it's depending on how the board falls because they want to tackle. Reportedly, they really like Ezra Cleveland, who's the Boise State offensive tackle, blew up the oh, combine. Yeah. yeah. But he's a guy that hardly anyone has him as a first rounder. He's generally like a second to third round guy. Yeah. Um, he's got great athletic profile and he's actually a really good technician, but he needs to get a lot stronger. So like he needs a, a year in an NFL weight program before I would trust him starting. Uh, so I still wouldn't take him at 10 or 15, but there is a rumor that that's the guy that Cleveland really, really likes. Okay. Okay. I got yeah. you. What's a, what's a like really long shot trade that you like that you've heard a little bit of, and you think there's probably some truth to it. The New England Patriots moving all the way up for Tua. Yeah. Um, they don't have a lot of draft assets this year, and they don't have a lot of talent because they've let it all go away. But I don't doubt that they'll try, especially if Tua slides at all for any reason. Right. Um, so it, it's going to be – they'd have to give up a lot. I think it'll consist of giving up a first-rounder next year and maybe the year after that. But maybe they're crazy enough to do it. Yeah, and do you have any uh, current NFL players who might be on the move tomorrow or Thursday? I'm sorry. Yeah, so I think uh, Trent Williams probably gets traded from the Redskins, and he could go to the Browns. Um, now that uh, Gronk is in Tampa Bay, I think there's a very high probability that O.J. Howard gets moved. They've already got Cameron Brait there and Gronk. Um, I think Howard might have been on the trade block already, but now with Gronk, yeah. I think he's definitely on the trade block. Uh, I know the Colts are shopping Malik Hooker, their safety. So I, I think those are a few of the, the highly probable players. And I heard of Leonard Fournette as well, I believe. His, his is a little tougher because there's not a great premium for running backs and running backs who make a lot of money. So he's a little harder to move. Yeah. Some of the other guys, but he's, he definitely is being shopped. Just a matter of what teams are willing to give up for him. 
Cool, man. Well, this has been another successful year. We're adding on this year, if you can make it, as soon as uh, the first draft is first round draft is over Thursday night, yeah. uh, we're going to try and get into the studio again and uh, record probably Friday morning or something like that. Yeah, sounds and, good. Uh, yeah, we'll do a, we'll do a follow up of all the picks you made, who we think did the best, who we think struggled, and then uh, what's left on the draft board to look forward to throughout the weekend. So, thanks again, Mike. I always appreciate you coming on the show, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Okay, brother, I'll get this edited and uh, we will be back Friday afternoon. Great. See ya. Thanks. Bye.